This is Scamp Life, the other side, a bi-weekly podcast for summer camp professionals with your hosts, Kelly and Shauna. Now it's time for another thought-provoking episode exploring the amazing world of summer camp. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Scamp Life, the other side. My name is Shauna, and I'm here with Kelly, and we are back again for another awesome episode for you. But first, Kelly, life, how are you doing? Uh, I'm okay. I personally, I'm okay. Good. The horses <laughs> here at camp, um, I think it's not a full moon but there is something in the air and they're a little spicy so it's been a Ooh. fun couple weeks of horses doing things they're not supposed to do and breaking fences i also oh i think you were doing your own thing i don't remember did i tell you i crashed the tractor into the arena fence <laughs> yeah second time driving the <laughs> second time driving the tractor oh my goodness first time unsupervised and uh the back wheels kept going <laughs> even though i was trying to turn the wheel and i kind of just went crashing into the fence i was trying to drag the arena so i had to fix it it's fixed now it's all good mm -hmm. we didn't hit any fence posts it's just the boards that broke that's the important part that's the important part because i didn't want to have to sink any big you know posts but yes so like yeah. i said the the horses have been spicy i crashed the tractor but personally i'm great are you shauna i am okay as well you know i <laughs> i finally had that knee surgery so um you know life is slow but also fast and also very sleepy um so it is a long haul apparently i was severely uneducated when i went into this surgery i don't know if i just didn't listen to the doctor out of like paralysis from fear from the surgery or i misunderstood the doctor but either way i thought that this surgery was going to be easy peasy lemon squeezy get a new acl fix up the meniscus you'll hurt for like a day you're going to be on your way um no that's not what acl surgery is at all it is a year-long recovery process and like nine months of physical therapy and crutches and locked knee braces and lots of bed rest like 8,000 times a day. So it's been interesting. I'm I'm pretty bored here at home. So I'm excited that we're doing this today. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, yes. <laughs> we've got a fun top. Well, I wouldn't say it's fun, but I, th I would say a necessary topic to discuss today. Yeah, it's definitely something I hear a lot of people talking about not just in the camp world, but in the real world, the non-camp world as well. So we're going to be uh, discussing camper slash student behavior and touching on some parent behavior trends we're seeing as well. Uh, so I brought up this topic because this summer and last summer, I started to notice that the kids aren't all right. You know, like they are not all right. They're, no. they're not. They're there's there's something spicy going on there um it's like habanero spicy it's it's up there spicy and the parent behavior this summer has subsequently followed the spicy behavior of the children so i was just like maybe this is something we should talk about is there a correlation 
what is causing this significant change in the behavior? Is it full moons every day? Or <laughs> is there some type of big cultural shift that's going on? Well, I think it's interesting because our industry has focused so much on staff mental health, right? Like we have been gun-ho mm-hmm. on the staff for the last few years. So my first thought when the children, because we, we had the same issue, the children are spicy. Uh, I thought that when that started happening, especially this year, I was like, oh, are we spending too much time on our staff? Like, are we focusing too much on the staff? And we're neglecting the kids and it's always been this way. And just because we're so focused on staff, are we not neglecting the kids, but are, were we not seeing it? And now all of a sudden it's in our face and loud and screaming. That was my first thought. Yeah. That was my first thought. Yeah, that is a good, it's a different way of thinking about it. Yeah. yeah that was my first thought. After doing some research, research, I can't talk today. Research? Uh, research? <laughs> for sure. Uh, After doing some research and trying to dive into this topic a little bit more and prepping for this episode, I definitely don't think that. I definitely think we still should be focusing Mm -hmm. on staff mental health, but we definitely got to do something about the spicy children. Yes, I agree. Um, Mental, well, just staff culture and staff health has been a very big like point for me the past two summers and making sure that our staff culture is promoting staff well-being and I think that we're doing a pretty good job I I feel like this summer I, I definitely went over over the top for staff well-being um, but it was really well received but yeah I agree with you I don't feel like me caring for our campers or our participants has changed or become less since putting more effort into the staff so I would agree with you there some big things that I've noticed just in the past two years is that it seems as if, I don't want to say they don't care, but it does seem as if the kids just care, Yep. Um, which is really disheartening because, you know, our work is passion work and we love what we do. And it's, it's hard for us to hear that like the kids just don't care about the program. They don't care that they're at the camp. Um, they don't care that they're getting in trouble which I have other thoughts on that about consequences and things. So we'll get into we'll that get later. We'll get there because I do too. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's this apathy. And That's a good word I, for it. That's exactly what it is. It, yeah, it's apathy. And I don't know why they're so jaded at eight. I mean, I know that the, the past three years, almost four years now, which is hard to believe, um, has been tough. You know, we've, We've been in isolation. There's a lot more happening in the world. We're more aware about things that are happening in the world. But I I wonder, was COVID the trigger point for this apathy? Or has this just been building up for a really long time and now we've just hit a precipice? Right. Yeah, we had, mm-hmm. I, would, I would say there was a lot of apathy too with our kids, mm-hmm. primarily with the teens. But like we, we combat that a little bit every year. Like some places call it TCS, mm-hmm. too cool syndrome. You know, everyone's got their name for it with the teens, which definitely was a big issue for us too this year with their apathy. But their their bigger thing this year was the language usage and their topics of conversation, mm-hmm. which we'll I'll dive into a little bit later. But you were saying, yeah, the the yeah, careless too. Yep, the carelessness though of an eight year old, a nine year old. You know, our prime. We both do day camp. Those are our prime yep. ages. Like we survive off of eight through 10 year olds like that is our yeah. bread and butter 
it's our niche yeah yeah and they don't want to be here like they don't care and it's so sad no and like it used to be kids you know oh let's go do archery let's go do this and let's go do that no they don't want to Mm -hmm. my kids just want to play gaga all day long and then i get complaints from parents that they get to play games that they would play on the playground or do at home or and it's like okay that's great but that's all they want to do so (laughs) i'm trying yep we had the same thing like you know we're a niche camp we're a zoo camp so you know being around the the animals getting to talk to keepers like before like kids would be like oh my god we talked to the lion keeper today and they were so excited this year oh my god i had the worst thing i've never apologized more than i have to our animal care staff than i did this past summer we had a curator which is like the big person on top at the zoo like for each animal house they have a curator and they're the ones that like you know lay down the law they set the diets and all that stuff for all the animals so we had a keeper call out that day and the curator stepped in to give a talk to the kids and these kids were like fifth sixth graders and you would have thought like this is the coolest thing because here we have like this expert person coming to talk with them that's going to be able to answer all their questions and the moment she said well i'm not a keeper i'm a curator they started chanting imposter imposter (gasps) at her and like the disrespect yes i was just like oh my this wouldn't that would not have happened four years ago no that wouldn't have happened three years ago yeah it's like that and that doesn't even have anything to do with like And you would think like, okay, well, are my rules, like, did we go over the camp rules? Did we cover everything? And like, you go back and you look at everything. It's like, we did. We went over this. We did all that. (laughs) And like, in that moment, I feel like it's that moment where, you know, first time camp counselors who work with teens and there might be a dance and everybody starts making out on the dance floor of campers. And you're just like, Oh my God, how do I handle this? Yeah. I've had that happen to me. Um, a few times yeah. I worked with the, the older teen. Cause I was a teen. Yeah. But you like, just stay there and they're like, Oh my God, everybody's coupled up. Like, but yeah. like, what do you do in that moment? Like what- leave space for Jesus. <laughs> but like they are saying it to her face. Face. Yes. And they're like getting other campers who were paying attention involved And like, I understand peer pressure and wanting to like be cool with your peers, but like, I don't know, like I wouldn't have been the kid to join in myself. Like I I could say that squarely. Like Mm -hmm. I know I would not have been, I was fearful of my mother. So like (laughs) a phone call home was the end all for me. So yeah, I don't, it's, it's not the rules. The rules are there. We go over the rules. I make sure we go over the rules. Because I feel like that gives the kids a fighting chance. You go over them really heavy on the first day. And then a brief, just like, hey, we, we do pony. Respect people, others, nature, and yourself. And we go over that for like two minutes every morning after Monday. Just to make sure that it's all fresh. And anytime we have like big, like, you know, more than five kids disrupting the, the class behavior, we repeat it. And it's not that. I, I just don't know where the I want to say the audacity but I don't want to use that term for a child but it is like where is this gall coming from because I could never I could never right and it's crazy because then when you do discipline them or try to discipline them 
I mean, I the number of ki- the repeat offenders I had in my office this this and we're five day ki- five days five days same five days yep five days like how are you in my office four out of the five of them because mm-hmm. they're not they're not listening to their counselors they are not listening to leadership because well, probably similar to you like counselor disciplines first they usually try a couple times. And then leadership usually steps in unless they've done something major and it requires coming straight to me, the director, like leadership steps in, they usually handle it. And they usually use me as a threat, like threat me all you want, but follow through with it and drag them to my office. Yeah. Like it's the same for me. Yeah. Right. But they're not Mm -hmm. listening. It's, I don't know if it's not, I think they're hearing it. I think, I don't know if it's, they're not choosing to, to do it or like they just think of like oh if i get kicked out of camp i go home like what is the consequence yep. that is going to get them to listen yeah i'm right there with you yeah i am used as a you're gonna have to go they call me the principal which i think is me hilarious. Too. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have to go to the principal and they're like i don't care like yeah, it's, they don't care it's wild i mean i've heard a seven-year-old because you know we start at four I've heard a seven-year-old say, I don't care. I've had the same kid in my office three times a day this summer. And I always say, like, we're not in the business of sending kids home. We are Like, I don't want to be that camp that sends kids home. But I've sent more kids home this summer than I've ever had in my entire career. And that's rough because, like, I, you know, kids are learning. We We tell our parents that we're teaching to you know, build their emotional tool belt, we're teaching to the executive function, you know, we're, we're trying to help them build these skills. So, you know, they're not going to get it in five days, but eventually they might learn those, remember those lessons. And then when something happens in the future, they're going to be like, oh, I remember when I was at camp, I learned this, you know, mm-hmm. so it has just been so tough. It like, honestly, it's so disheartening, because I don't want to send kids home. But that's what I have to do for the sanctity of the group and the the mental health of my counselors yep it's just sad i'm sending home campers that have been with me for years that i never had behavioral problems with and now suddenly they're constantly with me mm-hmm. like one of my my favorite campers i call him my sweet baby angel he's been with us since he was four years old and now he is going into seventh grade oh my God, he was a different kid this summer. I didn't even recognize him. And I have a very good relationship with his parents. And I was just like, yeah, I was like, he's just, he's so different. And they're like, yeah, we know. We've been dealing with it at home too. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? Because nothing's working here. (laughs) I had that with one of ours too. Yeah, I mean, and obviously kids are dynamic. They're not static. They're going to change. But these changes are not, like I'm not seeing the growth the positive growth that I used to see in our like life or campers. It's almost like a regression almost to like when they were four and we, you know, four-year-olds is like herding cats. You can't punish a four-year-old. Like that's well, what like, I always say. <laughs> you can't well, not just that, but like, so it used to be able, you get the role model talk, right? To any, yeah. any age group that isn't the youngest. So we started four yeah. two. So like mm-hmm. I could give it to the five and six-year-olds. I could give it to the 10-year-olds. And then I tried to give it to my sixth through eighth year graders who are our oldest group. And they didn't care. Nope. About care. a day later, I sent a kid home who in within that group. They don't care. 
They don't care yeah. to be a role model and to make a difference. And and it's the kids. Counselors, I can give a role model talk to, and they still, there's still a little bit of hope there. They still, mm-hmm. they understand it. Even my CITs, I can give that little bit of hope. <laughs> right now they understand it. I can't. The role model talk doesn't work anymore. I'm at the point where I'm actually looking at, I, I like that you mentioned pony because I'm looking at redoing our rules and like reevaluating them. So we normally give them to the whole group, right? Like we first day of mm-hmm. camp, everybody, before you break out into your groups, we, we give the rules, we welcome them to camp, you know, all the opening day shenanigans. I'm about ready to just have them all come in. You get your snack, we break out and you get the rules from your counselor and they are not individualized, but like, I don't want to say dumbed down either, but like geared toward whatever mental capacity the age is. I'm not even going to say the age. Yeah, that's what we do. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't give me any hope if it's not working for you. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's not working because, you know, like pony property others nature yourself respect those it's going to look different for every single age group like you're not going to stop the four-year-olds from pushing to get to first in the line that's just never going to happen that's a hill that you're going to die on so don't even don't even climb it but you know that's going to look different to eighth graders than it is to four-year-olds so i just have my counselors explain it and the best way that they think their campers will understand it because they know their campers better than i know their campers because I'm not with their campers all day. So I let them do it and it, it's still not working. And we just revise our behavioral policy to make it more firm because previously it was just like, you know, at Zoo Camp, we respect great property, other nature and yourself. And we handle, you know, consequences um, emotionally and cognitively appropriate and all that. But now we've actually written in like steps, like, these are the consequences that your child may face if they don't follow, you know, or respect the You, you might want to send that to me. You may want to send yeah. that to me because- <laughs> Well, it's, it's in copy right now. So once I get it back from uh, PR and copy, I'll send it over to well, you. Well, because-, because that's where I'm at too, like having a behavior contract. And again, yep. the, the steps of, okay. And it's almost yep. like a org chart, right? Like- you have to have this yeah. organizational chart of like, you do this, this is your consequence. You do this, this is your consequence. And kind of meeting each one directly. Like, yeah, it used to be yeah, based on cognitive. Literally. Yeah. Because we, I mean, we get kids who have diagnoses. And so their usually consequences were always fair, right? Like that fair, but equal yeah. type of situation. Like I'm not going to give yeah, you like equal. Equitable, yeah. yeah. You don't necessarily get equal consequences. Yeah. You get fair consequences for your age, you know, your, your cognitivity. Mm-hmm. Co- words are hard. Cognition. But, thank you. That's <laughs> the one I was looking for. Uh, but yeah, so exactly. But that's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm about at a behavior contract too. And then updating our parent handbook to put it in there and allowing parents to know this up front so that when i'm calling you on a tuesday afternoon saying your kid is not behaving they're like oh well that's fine no it's not no it's not (laughs) no i know i when i have to call parents it is um i have to like amp myself up for it because the conversation is going to go one of three ways yep 
oh my God, I can't believe they're behaving like that. They're angels at home. My child, are you sure you're not getting them confused with somebody else? No, I'm looking at your child right now. They're at my desk. Or, you know, they this happens at home too. I don't know what to do. We've given up, which is just sad. Yep. Or the third one is like, well, what are you guys doing there? It's got to be the other kids. Like my child doesn't behave like that. It's got to be you. Maybe they're bored. What are you guys doing? And I'm just like, oh my God, I'm not like, we're not playing the blame game here. I'm calling you because we are in collaboration with each other. Yes. Like I am providing as much as I hate to say it, I am providing childcare right now because you are at work and I don't want to send your child home and I'm doing everything in my power to keep your child here. But I, my authority can only go so far. They, this is the thing. The kids have figured out that we have no real power over yep. them. That's, that's literally what I've deduced this summer. They know that they have no, we have no power other than sending them home. And that's what a lot of them want because a lot of parents are still working from home, at least in my area, I'm in Chicago. Most like a lot of businesses have like sold their property and are just doing remote work, which is nice for the parent, but the kids know that mom, dad, or whoever takes care of them is at home. So going home isn't as big as a consequence as it used to be because nobody's taking time off of work in their eyes. Because yes, the parent is, but the parent works from home, so it's not a big deal. And they know that our power only goes so far. And, you know, a lot of the activities that we do at camp just don't hold their attention anymore, which is also a part of the issue that the attention attention spans are shorter. And I don't want to be like the kids, the kids, we're blaming the kids, but it is a like it's just a immogulation if you want to use a big word of like attention spans are shorter the kids have figured out we have no power because they have more knowledge at their fingertips now and they know we have no power because they hacked the code i don't know how but they did and parents are tired and the kids know that if mom or dad or whoever takes care of them is at home working going home isn't a big consequence because nobody had to take time off of work which was a big fear of mine growing up because I, I came from a single family or a single mom. Um, so if I got sick or if I got in trouble and my mom had to take time off from work, that meant like groceries might not get bought or something, you know? So there were like big consequences for that. And I, I have a feeling that for many families, that's not a thing anymore. And the kids tell me like, I'm just going to go home and play on my iPad, or I'm just going to go home and you know, hang out with my friends next door because they don't go to camp, you know, like, so I, I like, I'm at a loss and that's why we rewrote our behavior policy or our behavior contract. And, you know, we always have the parents sign it. It's part of our waivers. I don't know if they read it, but I feel like this summer, we're definitely, this coming summer, we're definitely going to be more hardened on it and like, I don't know. I I want to keep kids in camp, but I'm going to have to not be <laughs> empathetic Shauna for many issues this summer that I normally would be, but because it's just so widespread. And I don't know about you, but like the few times I've kicked kids, few, I've had to kick many out, but I always get the parent asking, well, don't we get a refund? And it's like, no, no. <laughs> No. Why Why would we refund you for the fact that your child could not behave in a social set situation? 
because that falls back on you that doesn't fall on the on the child we had to kick them out because there are other kids that we have to keep safe there's other kids that we have to look out for and i mean i hate saying sorry no but like you have to and it's just i think i think the thing that is getting me the most is that the fact that they're not respecting staff whether it be myself the counselors I think that is the biggest part because I mean, we, we have all been trained in behavior. We have all trained our staff how to handle behavior. We have changed how we handle it over the years. Like I don't use the same training I did when I started out as a director. Like I have changed my behavior training. I mean, we're at a point now where we just practice it. Like we talk about it and then we practice it. I used to be able to just give like, okay, here's the concepts and we'll practice a couple Mm -hmm. scenarios or we'll demonstrate and you're good we just practice now like we we practice 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 so many different scenarios and like the kit the the frustrating part is and i think it's frustrating for the staff too is that they're not listening like they're doing exactly how we practice like they're doing what they're supposed to do the staff are doing it it's 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 not entirely the staff granted yes they could have probably supervised some situations better but i mean supervision is what we preach Mm -hmm. But the fact that the kids are not listening, and I think that's going to be the hardest thing going forward, is that until we can figure out this accountability issue and the respect, Mm -hmm. it's going to continue. Yeah. And, you know, I know that this is not isolated to just camp. Like, no, teachers are teacher TikTok. Yeah. Like I am, there was a recent guy, I think his name um, was Tyler Belcher, Tyler Belcher. That's his name. He's a teacher. He's a high school science teacher, I think. And he posted a video not even two days ago about just how like the kids don't care. Like they just don't care. Like he has kids that have like a 4% in his class. They don't care because what's like, what does it matter anymore? Like they're, they're watching their parents struggle, even though their parents got an education, their parents got a degree and like, they know the education system doesn't work anymore. It, it is broken fundamentally. Um, the way that we teach is a little bit antiquated. And I think, uh, and I know a lot of teachers would agree to this because I, I hear them say it. Um, so the kids just don't care. This is, and I wonder if that attitude is translated to any type of place that they go to where it's kids and then adults like running the show like are we getting the same attitude that they have for school at camp like is that being transferred just because adults are in power i don't know my whole behavior policy like whole like uh, idea is that kids are in power at camp I, i make sure that they get choice during the day and that they know that they have choice during the day um to give them that sense of power and have you know autonomy throughout their day but there's just something i i can't give an answer to i don't know what it is but like it's just lost on me like i don't know how to 
connect, not even connect to them. Cause I could still connect to kids mm-hmm. one-on-one, Yeah, but as a whole, there's, I don't know how there's no, you can't connect to them on that. Well, at least I can't, I don't know. I how can't. are you guys doing out there? No, no. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I think, I think <laughs> this is going to be one of these episodes where we don't have an answer for anybody. I think, I think this is no. going to be one of those. I mean, I'll give you ideas. I'm You've already given a few Shauna, but like, I don't think we're going to have solutions for this. I think this is far bigger than, you know, everyone says like, camps are the solution right like we are the ones who should be leading the pack and all this really right now i don't think it i don't think it should fall on camps the and and here's why i yes i think we're doing a phenomenal job at social emotional learning and and trying Mm -hmm. to make up for that that the kids did not get while they were in school because of covid pandemic Mm -hmm. from home yeah so yes, we are having to make that up and that's fine. That is what we specialize in and that is our business. Like camps have been doing social emotional learning for years. We got that, right? Like, okay, fine. They're behind. We can help that. But I yeah. think this is bigger and it should not be put on the camps. Primarily because oh, I totally agree camps are a privilege to many families uh, to be able to send their mm-hmm. kids to camp. And this is, this is hitting all kids, whether they are privileged or not, this is hitting all kids. And so, I mean, it's across the board. It's it's not socioeconomical. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter what kind of social and economic background you've got. This is hitting all kids and it shouldn't be put on camps to fix it. We, one, it, Camps are a choice. Like if you put your kid in private school, that yes, that's a choice because they still have the option to go to public school. For camps, it's like where for certain parents, it's like where are they going to put their kids? It's this camp or that camp. How difficult it is to get into camps that we're seeing the high increase in capacities um, and enrollment. Sometimes it just comes down to whatever's open. Exactly. Whether or not that child has an interest in that. And that was something that I said to a lot of my campers, because previously my campers chose to come to zoo camp. Like, you don't send a kid that doesn't like animals to zoo camp or doesn't like nature to zoo camp. But now I'm seeing that. (laughs) So it's like a first for us where it's like, but you chose to come here. And they're like, no, I didn't. Yep. My parents just put me in here. I don't even know where I'm going next week. And it's like, oh, no, you poor child. I'm so sorry. And I'm like, well, how can we make this fun for you? Since you don't like animals and you don't like getting dirty. What are some things that you like to do? And maybe we can work with your counselors to incorporate that into your day. And then they give you you the answer. They want to be on their (laughs) iPad or their phone. And now we get into the phone issue. I mean, we had kids. I think I mentioned this in the recap episode. We banned phones. Yeah. We're going to have to do something like collect them like morning of every time kids get here because I mean, I've got Mm -hmm. kids calling their parents, telling them to pick them up and no one has any idea they do it while they're either in the bathroom or who knows yep. where. And then parents are showing up. Yeah, my kid called me. What? I, I think I told you about the yeah. one in the woods during our recap. You know, kid claimed he was lost in the woods, texted mom. Mom showed up all frantic and not. <laughs> we had no idea. And he wasn't lost. Was he even lost? No, oh, okay. he, was not, he was not lost. He was yeah. with two other kids for a rule of three in the woods. And they were still within earshot of the counselor not lost oh my goodness i i have the same issue they also have those watches now yep where they can call their parents i had a child that was having some issues in the bathroom you know our diet our lunches have a lot of cheese um (laughs) 
there's like only one day that doesn't have cheese because <laughs> that's all kids eat it really um, is so he was having you know he was having some digestive issues and um it wasn't actually me it was my manager who was filling in because at this point my leg was already i had already hurt my knee i was like down at my desk doing paperwork which is so fun um but yeah so the child called his dad while he was on the toilet and said dad come get me i don't feel good while my manager was outside the bathroom like hey jojo are you are you good in there like what's going on and he's like yeah i'm fine he didn't tell us he didn't tell my manager that he called nothing and then i get a phone call at my desk it's like hey this is jojo's dad i'm here to pick him up i heard that he wasn't feeling well and i'm like I was like, oh, um, let me check which of my staff is handling that and I will call you right back. So I'm like, you know, hobbling around the building like, <laughs> where is? And I find my manager and I'm like, hey, do you know where Jojo is? And she's like, yeah, he's in the bathroom. He's having trouble going to the, having a little trouble in there. And I was like, his dad's here to pick him up? Somebody called? And she's like, no. And he goes, I called. And we're like, oh my God. <laughs> and his dad, his dad was cool. He's been coming to camp for a long time, but and his dad worked from home and just like right across the street but it's just like one of those things where it's like we can't have kids calling home like we've had parents call and be like oh i just want to talk to my kid for a minute see how their day is and i'm like i can't give them a message but it's better like especially if they had a really hard like drop off i'm not letting that parent re-engage that child until checkout Right. Um, because it's just going to start the cycle all over again. Like I can give them a message. Let me know what you want me to say to them, but they are happy. They're with their group. There's no more tears. They're engaged and I do not want to pull them away. If it's an emergency. Absolutely. Yes. If there's a change of pickup, absolutely. You can talk to them. We do let, uh, campers call home. Like if they come to me and oh. they just say, Hey, I want to call home, but I sit down and I have a conversation with them first so that I can brief mom or dad or whomever I'm calling to say, hey, so-and-so came in here. He's having a rough day. Maybe he got off. A lot of times it's they got off to a rough start or they're just not feeling good or they're not having fun or whatever. And, and, and the parents have been really receptive to that. But I would much mm. rather, much rather a kid come here, say, hey, can I call home? me figure out why because then at least i have a little bit of background and then call mom or dad and say or like coach them through whatever and then say hey are you sure you want to call mom or dad and half the time i get a no they're good they're ready to go back yeah. but you see what i'm saying like have a chance for them to talk it out and not just say here's the phone like i don't do that yeah yeah so Same. but in overnight yeah. camp world i was i was not usually i was never for calling it's because we're day camp and it's a little it's bit different. different. Yeah. It's different. Yeah. So we're totally, we've already written it in, in our bylaws that the parents will see that cell phones are not allowed and that uh, camp leadership staff reserves their right to take phones away and hold them at their desk and give them back at checkout. Um, and we've also said that smart watches, unless they're just there for pedometers, are not allowed at camp. So we'll see how that goes. That's going to be really, really difficult to enforce especially with those smart watches a cell phone's not too much because once you see it you can take it but yep. it's those smart watches man <laughs> at least for us it's the smart watches yeah. like i don't why would you give your child a 400 <laughs> like jojo was eight why did he have a watch 
<laughs> but anywho, like I digress. It it is it's just a big mixture of things. It's technology, it's attention, it's knowing that the only adults that have real power over them are their parents. And, and even, even their parents. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> even their parents' power only goes so far because I've heard kids threaten to call CPS on their parents. I mean, I, again, there's no answer. I don't know how to fix this problem. I think that we as educators and in the camp world, we are educating. Um, we all just need to come together and try to work together, bringing kids to the conversation too. Like, obviously they're feeling some sort of way about us. How do we move forward? And I know like there's camps out there like Stomping Ground um, that have like some really good resources for it. I'm interested to, I would love to hear how their summer went. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they have some good programmatic things when it comes to child behavior. Um, so I'd be interested to hear from them. Hey, Stomping Ground, do you listen to us? Um, <laughs> if so, send us an email. Um, we, we want you on to talk about these things. Um, I am super empathetic and I want to give the benefit of the doubt to everyone and I I come up with a lot of reasons about like about like why this parent behaved this way oh they must have had a really big meeting or like or if I know like they're they're going through some marital strife or something like that I'm like chalking it up to that and I do but like I I've been talking to my manager and I was like I think I need to stop doing that because this isn't like an individual issue anymore where it's just like one or five kids a summer it is half of the kids and I feel like that's a generous percentage. Yep. Um, so like, I feel like we have to go back to more of like, I don't know about when you were in school, but when I was in school, I was terrified of my teachers yeah. because like they were, they could make your life hell. Yes. Um, and I don't want to be that person. Like Mrs. just thinking about Mrs. Core still shivers my spine today. Oh my gosh, you're so mean to me. <laughs> but I deserved it. I was, I mean, not to the length she was, but I definitely needed some hard love, you know, right? some tough like, love. Yeah. And I think, I think that we, I think a little bit of that has to come back maybe, but again, I just don't know if that would work with these kids either because they're so smart. Like they, they're just so much more smart and developed than we were at their age. Um, so I don't know if it's something that like we as a society need to look at them as more emotionally mature than they should be at that age. Like, should we be reasoning with them more, even though some of them don't have that mental capacity to be reasoned with, but something needs to change with the way we're communicating with the kids. And I just don't know where that starts, how it starts. And I know a lot of education professionals, like people with PhDs are also just struggling with this right now. So. Yep. Everyone, everyone's struggling. I think that's where we're at. Everyone is struggling. I don't think anyone really knows where to start. I would say as camp directors, definitely look at your, like you, you have already started, Shauna, look at your behavior policies, really Mm -hmm. make black and white decisions. You can't have any more gray area. Yeah. Look Mm -hmm. at how you deliver your rules to your kids. Uh, Like I said, we are going to be switching from the, the mass of camp to how you do it. Whereas you buy age group i know that you said that didn't help for you either but i'm hoping at least for my kids having that switch i would say that would probably be your places to start 
maybe have a behavioral contract in place so that you know when you have to kick a kid out and it's not just for hitting or cussing you know what i mean like the ways that we all got kicked out of campus you know how do you get kicked out of camp when we were campers oh you just punch someone like you know what i mean like yeah there there's got to be big you know it just seems funny to send a kid home for being disruptive you know but I had to do that because they were affecting the experience the of all the other campers. So like, that's another thing that I have to think about that parents mm-hmm. don't like when I'm calling them home and I'm like, look, they're just not listening. They're being very disruptive and it's affecting the other kids. The parents are like, but they're not hitting anybody and they're not yelling or screaming. And I was like, no, but they're being disruptive to a point where my counselors can't even do their job. And it feels silly and it feels stupid to send a kid home for that reason. But when you can't reason with that child and when you, when they know you have no power over them, <laughs> you have no authority. I don't even like using the word power, but like when there isn't that mutual respect between the two of you, yep. you have to send that kid home. And if you're out there listening to us and being like, oh my God, these two ladies don't know what they're doing and you have the answers email us because we want the answers we want the answers tell us we both struggled with this i know other camp directors struggled with this but that's why i'm saying like start with those points like start Mm -hmm. there and create the backbone to Mm -hmm. fall back on because i think at least for the next two or three years it's probably going to continue to get worse your teens are going to be angstier than they've ever been uh your bread and butter your seven through you know 10 year olds are gonna be rough uh and it all depends i mean yes home life has a factor in that but this is this is generic talking like this i mean we you and i both also serve totally different groups of kids so yes you've got chicago i've got northern alabama like (laughs) the demographics in those two areas are very different and so yeah, I serve like, you know, upper middle class, high class. You serve you serve middle class, don't you? Yeah, middle class, but we are definitely approaching more public school kids and, you know, more of the middle to lower than we have in more in years past. But I mean, yeah, I mean, start with policies, procedures, rules, behavior contracts, start there because I don't I, yeah. I mean, yes, we can train our staff, but I but it the thing is, it's just more of it. Like, okay, I can teach you how to handle conflict. Okay, now you just have five kids within your group doing it instead of one. Like, there's just an increase of it. It's more kids. So I yeah. think as directors, it's the volume. Mm-hmm. It's the volume. And, and as directors, we need to be able to have that in place so that our staff know that we're going to handle the situation. And that's going to be going mm-hmm. back to supporting your staff. And I mean, that falls on their mental health too. So I think that's where we start. Uh, definitely would love to hear what other people are doing. If you had a great summer yeah. uh, camper conflict wise, please let us know because I want yeah. to work for you. Any any last words, Shauna? Nope. I just hope that next summer is behaviorally better, even though I know it's probably not. I'm still going to be really optimistic about it because that's just in my nature. Um, but yeah, I, I want to see the kids thrive. I want to keep kids at camp. And I hope that we continue to have these conversations, you know, at conferences this summer and learning from each other just to make a positive experience, not only for the campers, but for ourselves and our staff. So well said. 
thank you all for listening and we'll see you next time bye